We thank God you have tuned in for this message by David Entry at Caris Church. No hand can help you with the fulfillment of your destiny but the Word of God. May God's hand align with you further into your destiny through this Word. Reading from Hebrews chapter 6 from 10 to 18. For God is not unrighteous to forget your labor of love which you showed towards his name in that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that every one of you do shew the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end, that ye be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherited the promise. For when God made promise to Abraham because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely blessing I will bless thee, and multiplying I will multiply thee. And so, after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. For men verily swear by the greater, and an oath for confirmation is to them an end of all strife. Wherein God, willing more, more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. Here ends the reading of God's holy word. Father, thank you. Thank you for giving us the privilege to come together as a church and as a family and as your people and to have the privileged access to your word. We pray that as your word is taught, let Christ be formed in us. Let Christ be perfected in us as your word is taught. Let our hope be indestructible. As your word is taught, do what only you can do. As your word is taught, bring us in alignment with your purposes and your plan and your glory. That in all things and at the end, all glory will come to you. We thank you that there is power in your word to heal. There is power in your word to save. There is power in your word to transform radically. There is power in your word to guide. Power in your word to feed. Power in your word to direct. Power in your word to deliver. Power in your word to do what you have purposed to be done. In our lives and in our times and even now. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you want to put your hands together for the Lord? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. When God wants to do something great in your life, he will come and give you a word. It's so beautiful to be standing here on the first Sunday of 2024. And it's even more beautiful to have the privilege to hear the word of God, a word we can travel with, a word that can paint to us what God has purposed to do. When God called Abraham, that's what he did. He 
painted a picture of where he was taking him. He left the details out. God normally will not bother on the details. He will show you the destination, but he will not show you the journey plan. He won't tell you the crocodiles and the Red Seas and the difficult things on the way. He won't tell you that, but he will tell you where I'm taking you somewhere so that you can tune your vision on where he has showed you and your hope can be hinged on what he has said and not on what you are going through. So the scripture we just read tells us so much. We are standing on one side of the year and we are journeying to another part of the year which nobody knows. Science can never even tell you. No human system can reveal to you how it's going to be like. No human technology, no human ingenuity has the ability to tell you what the future holds. It takes something beyond the natural. When God starts with you, he comes to speak to you. Now when God speaks to you, he passes the baton in your hands. So if what God has said does not happen, it's not God who is to be blamed by us who received the word. Anytime you go to God, you will hear promises. And within the promises of God are instructions embedded. When you go close to God, you always hear promise. Because God is the God of promises. But human beings, you see, God has a way of saying things that will be difficult for you to accept that it can happen. And so this is what God does. That's why it's good to share testimonies. This is one of the things that God does. God will make sure when he's giving you the promise, he backs the promise by himself. So the text we read says that when God made a promise to Abraham, now for, for God is not unrighteous to forget your labor. What has your labor got to do with his promise? Because your labor is supposed to be built upon his promise. He promises you so you can labor. You can work. So he said, God is not unrighteous to forget your labor of love, which you show towards his name, in that you minister to the saints and you do minister. And we desire, we, the leaders, are talking to you by the power of the Holy Spirit. We desire that every one of you show the same diligence. In other words, what's this same diligence is talking about? The diligence of working hard and working and making sure what God has said, you are doing your part. It requires diligence. Laziness does never achieve anything. There are things that guarantee accomplishment. Laziness that doesn't guarantee accomplishment. So then if God is going to do something in your life, it means that he's bringing you job. He's bringing you work. Because you have to work it. Does the divinity say faith without works is dead? It doesn't matter how much faith you have. There must be a commensurate or corresponding works to back the faith in your heart. So, Bible says that we want you to show the same diligence, every one of you, to the full assurance of hope, not temporary, to the end. Everybody say to the end. To the end. Say to the end. To the end. 
Verse 12 says that, that ye do not be lazy. Amplified. Let's look at the Amplified. It says that, that you do not be lazy in order that you may not grow disinterested and become sluggards, but imitators, behaving as do those who through faith, by their leaning on their entire personality, on God in Christ in absolute trust and confidence in his power, wisdom and goodness, and by practice of patience, endurance and waiting are inheriting the promise. So what he's trying to say is that there are people who are already getting what God has said. And you have to look at people who have the results and learn the way they arrived at the results. Learn from them. Now, it takes a certain level of hard work to learn from people who have accomplished what God said was done. It takes a certain level of discipline. So he said, don't be lazy. He said, be not slothful, but be imitators or followers of those who through faith and patience have obtained the promise. Then he goes on to tell us the character of God. He said, for when God, God made a promise to Abraham. You see, promise, say promise. Say God. Say promise. The problem is there are people who are coming to God for him to fulfill his promise to them without a relationship with God. But the promises of God is for those who come to him. Anytime you make an attempt to come to church, bend your ears, you hear God telling something he's about to do for you. Every time you come close to God, you hear him saying something he's about to do for you. So it says that, when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. What does that mean? Do you have to swear? That's the implication there. Why do you promise without swearing? Swearing is not like what we say, someone who swore. In other words, making an oath. Why do you have a contract without a signature? So in human terms, anytime there's going to be a contract, there must be a signature. Even if it's electronic, there is something they will say, you click this to accept, terms and conditions, right? Tick this box. If you don't tick it off, going forward, continue is grayed out. <laughs> is that not so? Sometimes you don't want to tick some boxes, but they've grayed out the continue. They've grayed out the next or proceed. Why? Because this one, you have to tick it before you go. So it says that the terms and conditions, there are no terms and conditions without or promises without agreement of somebody. Agreement is their signature. Now, when God also made promise to us, he wanted to also make an agreement or paint his signature that, listen, this one I've endorsed it. So in those days, they do it by swearing. You swear an oath. When we say swearing, it's like I oath. I take this oath. So now God is also going to promise you. He has to swear. He has to swear an oath. He has to make, because, why, but why must God swear? No, because that's the the language human beings understand. Human beings, because we can fail, we can fault, and things have failed us and faulted us, God has to bring himself, in theological terms, it's called anthropomorphic language. Or he has to reduce himself or bring himself to an anthropomorphic level, anthropomorphic human level, so that not that he has become human being, but he's talking human language. All right, he's talking human language. That is promise and swearing. 
So promise and an, and an oath. I think it's better to use the word oath. It, it's safer, isn't it? Promise and an oath. So then the Bible says that, for example, the NLT. Oh, there was God's promise to Abraham since, watch this, since there was no one greater to swear by, God took an oath in his own name. Because now, anytime you are using something as collateral, you have to lose something bigger than what you are going for or yourself. So God too now is going to use his promise. He needs something to back the promise. You know, he doesn't have a bank guarantee card because there's no bank bigger than him. So now what can he use that is bigger than him? There's nothing bigger than him. So he said, he used himself. I swear by myself. That's what he told Abraham in Genesis chapter 22. God has to swear by himself. Now let's look at the text again. He says that, for when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, surely, blessing I will bless thee, and multiplying I will multiply thee. And so, after Abraham had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. Watch this. For men verily swear by greater, and an oath for a confirmation is to them an end of all dispute or strife. In other words, when I swear or when I sign a signature, there's no dispute. He signed, so there's no problem. So for men, so long as men is concerned, if you can sign, it settles an argument. So God, watch this, it says that, wherein God, willing more abundantly to show unto the heir of promise the immutability of his counsel. In other words, his plan cannot change. He was also willing to show you that this thing I've said is settled. He also went as far as confirming it by an oath. So that now, what he has said cannot change. But because he's dealing with men, he had to now add something else that is authentic. So the immutability of his counsel, the unchangeableness, one of the translations used, the unchangeableness, it doesn't change. So God willing to show the unchanging nature of his purpose, very clear to the heirs of what was promised, he confirmed it with an oath. So now we have two things playing out here. We have the promise itself, which if it stands alone, it will deliver. And then God backs it with an oath. So God's oath cannot change, God's promise cannot change. So that by two unchangeable things, uh, that's what it means. God did this so that by two unchangeable things, what are the unchangeable things? Promise. So by two unchangeable things in which it is not possible for God to lie, those of us who have fled to take hold of the hope offered to us may be greatly encouraged. So when you come to church, God has offered you a hope. But that hope is backed by two unchangeable things. The promise and God has already. When you have God's word, God's word is God's promise and God's word is his oath. That's why it doesn't matter what we say, we must be able to validate it from scripture. Other than that, they are empty ways. So, uh, someone follow me very carefully. Now, I'm talking about the five S's of revival. Five S's of revival. So, watch this. God has promised Abraham, but he says that look at the way Abraham approached God and learn from it because when God promises, it will not fail. Is to stand sure. Where did he start the conversation? He started by saying that God is not unrighteous to forget your labor. Then the verse 11 said, we want everyone to show the same diligence. So now he's talking about what you are supposed to do. But what you are doing should be backed by your confidence in God's word and his promise. 
Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, as we enter this year, God has spoken things to us. But after God speaks, now we is our turn to do some things because what God says, it, it is sure. Now, what are we supposed to do to make sure we enjoy the surety of what God has promised? There's something you have to do. Whoever taught you that God is so kind, doesn't matter your state, he will do something, has not taught you well. It doesn't matter your state. If you take a step, he will also take a step. But if you don't take a step, God won't take a step because his initial step has already been taken by I giving us his word and sending Jesus. So if you want to see God fight for you, take a stand towards God and you will see his power working for you. There are five things, five S's, if we want to really see the promises of God, especially with revival for this year, five S's that we have to do. The first S is to see, see. God told Abraham, after Lot has left Abraham, and Lot has taken all the best. Lord, those people were farmers, okay? So the more fertile the land, the more prosperous you will be. So, Lot took all the lucrative land and left Abraham with what really wasn't good. But when you have a covenant with God, you don't fear who lives your life or what lives your life, as long as you stay faithful with God. So, then God comes up, Genesis chapter 13, verse 14 and 15, easy to remember. Genesis chapter 13, verse 14 and 15. He says that, and the Lord said to Abraham, after Lot has left, <laughs> After Lot has separated, he said, I don't know who has left you, but it's okay. It's okay. God hasn't left you. It's okay. As long as you haven't left God, God hasn't left you. He said, after Lot has separated himself, God said to him, lift up your eyes now and look from the place where you are, northwards, southwards, eastward, and westward. And look at the verse 15. says, for all the land which you see I will give you. So the ones you don't see, you won't get. The ones you don't see, you won't get. That's why I believe in the word of prophecy. I believe in the word. When the word of prophecy comes, it begins to show you the possibilities ahead of you which God wants to back. It shows you the possibilities ahead. That's why you cannot be in church and very hopeless. He said, those of us who have fled to lay hold on the hope, there's always a hope that we are standing at this side of the year and all the rest of the year is ahead of us. And God said, I'm going to be with you throughout and I'm promising you some great things ahead. That's the hope. Now, when the hope comes, God paints it so that you can begin to see the possibilities ahead. The devil will always make sure you don't see any possibility ahead. But I tell you, there's a glorious future ahead of you. There's a glorious future ahead of you. So he says that, see, as far as you see, I will give to you. So God told Abraham that what you see will become your possession. Once I'm with you, what you see will become your possession. Did you remember in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 1 and 2, he said, I will stand upon my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me. He's about to say, no watch, to hear, watch to see. Because when God speaks, he speaks in pictures. He speaks in pictures. I will stand upon my watch and set myself on the rampart to see 
Watch to see what he will say to me and how I will answer when I'm corrected. And he said unto me, write the vision. Answer to me, write the vision, something that you are seeing, write it. Document it. Take note of it. When you come to church, God is speaking pictures to you. Note them down and make them as your prayer topics. War with it. Note them down. He said, write the vision. Write what you are seeing. Write it and make it plain. So number one, it's important to see. Moses in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 27, Bible says that he forsook Egypt. By faith, Moses forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. Why? For he endured as one seeing. There are some decisions that you have to make that are going to be hard decisions, but you can only make them based on your work with God when you can see where God is taking you. If you can't see, there are some decisions you'll be too afraid to make. Oh yes. There are some decisions you'll be too afraid to make. Sometimes when the enemy tries to roar at you and tries to strike you, look for what God is saying. See what God is saying and stand on that and make some decisions. Stand on, that's one of the reasons why we share testimonies. So it can help you to see that others stood on it, that thing is working. So it can boost your faith, it's a faith booster. Boost your faith. I always teach this about how Jairus' daughter, who was lying at the point of death in Mark chapter four, when, when they were going, he said, I need you in my house quickly, the, my child is dying, or my servant is dying, 12 year old girl. And then this woman, who also had 12 year old problem, 12-year-old blood problem comes to stop the procession. Touch Jesus' garment. Jesus, let's go. Jesus is looking for who touched me, who touched me. It was all in the interest of Jairus. Who touched me? Jairus was thinking, my goodness, who stopped this movement? My, my daughter is dying. The, whoever, Jesus, you will find the person. Jesus, 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 someone is dying here. Someone is dying here. Someone is not sleeping. He's dying. He's just not sleeping. He's dying. <laughs> Someone is he's dying here. <laughs> Hallelujah. Sometimes some sleeps. You think he's sleep. He's, he, somebody's actually dying spiritually. <laughs> Someone, Jesus, come. Someone is dying. And Jesus is standing there trying to look for who touched him. When there's a crowd, there's a crowd and doesn't have security. And there's a crowd around him. Everybody's trying to. Peter told him the fact that people like everybody's touching you. This question you are asking, it doesn't seem a question that should be, uh, that should be asked. And it delayed. And then finally, the woman realized she could not hide. So she had to tell the whole truth. And when she told the truth, Jesus said, verse 34, Jesus said, that's what Jairus had to hear. Your faith has made you well. So, wow, Jesus is true. But everybody was touching. No, she was touching with a different touch. How did you know Jesus? Because I'm Jesus. I'm the solution giver. Not, I can do whatever. I can do whatever is in alignment with my purpose. So when I'm coming to your house, don't worry. After talking to the woman and telling the woman, your faith has made you well. The next verse says that the information came. It was coming, but it hadn't arrived at the time the woman was touching Jesus. The person was dead before the woman touched Jesus. 
but the dead can come back to life. And Jairus had to believe and what was going to be the platform of his faith, the instant healing of the woman was going to be the platform. He said, wow, if Jesus has done it, I can be. So when they told Jesus, verse 35, that the is dead, leave him alone. They, they told Jairus, leave the master, your, your daughter is dead. Jesus then tells, tells to him, verse 36, fear not. <laughs> Only because I just told the woman, her faith has done it. If you can also have faith, don't worry to do it. Because Jesus wanted to help this man. But we needed the testimony of the woman with the issue of blood. Because she also has suffered for 12 years. And this child who is dead is also 12 years. You need that person's testimony more than you think. Shout hallelujah. So the testimonies come to boost our faith and paint the pictures of possibilities for you. Jairus got his testimony. Why? Because he saw the possibility. So number one, see. Number two, seek. That's what we are about to start. All our lives we are doing. But fasting is actually an endeavor of seeking God more. We are about to start the fasting. Don't exempt yourself. And say, I'm belching a lot, so I think. Yes. You prescribe stomach ulcer to yourself. I'm belching a lot. I'm belching a lot. I'm belching a lot. Is it? Yeah. So... It's important that as we engage this fasting, what we do, we are seeking God. We are seeking Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 13 and verse 14. Verse 12, actually, from verse 12, it says that, then they shall call upon me and they shall go and pray unto me and I'll hearken unto them. Verse 13, look at verse 13. He said, e and ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all your heart. This fasting, don't do it half-heartedly. When you are doing church, do it well. And let, one day, let there be an end to this black and white church attendance. This regularity in church we don't know when you show up. No one can plan with you. No, it's a sign. Put an end to that. A reflection of how determined you are. Be determined that this year you will not miss a Sunday. I have watched this. I have not ever missed any Sunday church service apart from twice for the past 33 years. So that tells you far before I became a pastor. So don't say because you're a pastor. Maybe that's why God has made me a pastor. Because he knows that, as for me, I'll show up. <laughs> yes. But be determined. Make up your mind that I will actually seek God. Not me alone. Joshua chapter 24, verse 15. He said, choose you who you serve. But as for me and my house. Psalm 84, verse 2. Psalm 42, verse 1 and 2. Let's look at Psalm 42, verse 1 and 2. Then we go to 84, verse 2. And then we go to Psalm 143, verse 6. And then we go to Psalm 63, verse 1. Psalm 42, verse 1. As the deer pant for the water brook, so my soul pants after thee, O God. And then it says that, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? See, he had desire. Psalm 84, verse 1 and 2. Let's start from verse 1. Psalm 84, verse 1. How amiable are thy tabernacles, O Lord. In other words, your tabernacle is very engaging for me. The presence, when I, church, church is, oh, it's so good for me. How 
amiable. It's a place I want to go to. Give her the NLT. How amiable, how amiable, how, how lovely is your dwelling place. That's your house. Oh, God of heaven, of the um, heaven, heaven's armies, the God of hosts. Just want to be. I, that's why David said, I can't wait for me to, when I was told, let us go to the house of the Lord. I was excited. How amiable have thy cause to me, O Lord of hosts. And then verse 2, it says that, verse 2 of Psalm 84, my soul longs, yea, even faints for the cause of my God. My heart and my flesh cries out for the living God. That's someone who has a desire to seek God. Psalm 143, verse 6. Let's see what it's got to say. Psalm 143, verse 6. Thank you, Jesus. I stretch forth my hands unto thee. My soul thirsts after thee as the thirsty land. Psalm 63, verse 1. Look at Psalm 63, the favorite one. Oh God, thou art my God. Early will I seek you. Don't wait for the year to be old. Seek God early. Early. Early will I seek you. Don't wait for days of crisis before you start seeking God. Don't wait for a very bad medical diagnosis before you start seeking God. Don't wait for the, your life to be at stake or your child's life to be at stake or your family life is at stake. Something is threatening your peace before you start looking for God. No, don't wait. Seek Him early. If you want to see the promises of God fulfilled, it's your job to seek God. Look at how he puts it in the book of Second Chronicles chapter 15, verse 2. Very, very powerful text. See, let's all read it out from the screen if you can. Are you ready? Let's go. And he went out to meet Asa and said unto him, Hear ye me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you while you be with him. And if you seek him, he'll be found of you. But if you forsake him, where is that religious idea from that God is superman? Anything he wants, he will do. If it, it doesn't matter what I do. It matters what you do. Bible says, by him, actions are weighed. First Samuel chapter 2. said, by God, actions are weighed. He will weigh your actions to determine what he will do. <laughs> oh, God looks in the heart. He weighs actions as well. He said, by him, actions are weighed. He will weigh your actions. It's time for someone to seek the Lord. In 1 Chronicles chapter 28, verse 7, see what David said to his son, Solomon. David said to his son, 28, verse 9, 28, verse 9, he says that, And thou, Solomon, my son, know thou the God of thy father, and serve him with a perfect heart. Don't be doing it to impress people. Surface on the surface. Don't be doing it. Sometimes, what offends you in church tells us where your heart is. Tells us where you are. Some people don't like instructions, you know. When they are giving instructions, <laughs> it's like uh, it's coming to extract a tooth and then they hit a nail. <laughs> and that can be your undoing. There is instructions you have to follow and there's grace you have to tap into. Yes. Grace, if you are believing God for something in a ministry, you must be smart to separate yourself, to focus on the grace. Sometimes instructions will come. People don't like the instructions. I've always seen people who learn how to take instructions and submit themselves. Things work. The grace works. It works. People who get offended, they get disconnected. 
And then when you get disconnected, it begins to show in the delays, in the undue setbacks and undue delays. I don't know who I'm preaching to. Someone is listening to me. Get connected. Get connected. Get connected. When God promises to do something, you have a role to play. Get connected. So, see God. See God. Someone say, see God. If you seek him, Proverbs chapter 8, verse 17, said we should seek God. When you seek him. Now, let me add this briefly before I move on. When we say seeking God, it doesn't only mean like the fasting, but as I said, you have to begin to say, 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 develop a relationship with your Bible, okay? Sister, please, please. Unless I'm not talking to a Christian. Nowadays, it looks like it doesn't matter whether I have a relationship with the Bible or not. It does. It does, as long as the things God can secure in your life are concerned. Don't wait for it to be preached. The Berean Christians are noble people. Acts chapter 17, verse 11. Noble, because they said their scriptures daily after they had preaching. They said their scriptures. Some of us, we have notes. We don't refer ever go to the notes and never open our Bibles. Thank God for a church like Caris. Every day there's something to read. There's a scripture. Some of the chapters are long, but less. Some are also short, so it balances it. Yes. In Isaiah chapter 34, verse 16, it says that, Seek ye out of the book of the law and read. Seek ye and read. You are seeking God. Go to the word. Go to the, this period of fasting. Add your Bible reading seriously. Your Bible study very seriously. Add it. A lot of things waste our time. Are fighting for our ears. And I know someone has told you the new film that has been released is on Netflix now. And you say things like, I'm dying to watch that one. You are dying? Really? You are dying to watch a movie? Really? So there are things that will be vying for your attention. And one of the things that really wastes time is social media. You have to decide. We are being bombarded by junk emails, notification upon notification. Someone has just passed by your house and the ring has told you someone has come by your house. So many notifications invading your life and invading your peace of mind. And so we don't have time to give attention and give heed to the notifications from above about what God is about to do for you. It's time. It's time. Seek God. So number one, see. Number two, seek. Number three, serve. Serve. Quickly. I won't take too much time on this one. Serve. Exodus chapter 23, verse 25. He said, and you shall serve the Lord, and he will bless. Ah! So he's waiting for me to serve, for you to bless? Oh, yes. And ye shall serve the Lord your God, and he shall bless. His job is to bless. Your job is to trigger the blessing by serving. And he shall serve the Lord your God, and he. No, he will bless you so you can serve. God, give me money, I will pay my time. Give me money, I will do this. Give me Please, no, don't start from there. Serve the Lord your God and see if he will not bless you. He will bless your food. He will bless your drink. Water, as you drink the water, it is, it's better than Coke. Sweet, sweet. It's especially squeezed fruit juice. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, blessed water is better than any beverage you can have. Better than Red Bull. 
Blessed. Blessed water. He will bless your food and bless your water. And he said, I, God, me, I'm the one that I will take sicknesses away. 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 You are doing everything. God said, I will take away sicknesses. Sicknesses. Don't wait for those symptoms that you are worried. What can it be? What can this be? It won't be anything. It won't be anything. Because you are serving God too busily for those things to come. Say so you serve the Lord and you take away sicknesses from. The initial scripture I read, he said, don't be worried of well doing. Oh, sorry, he says that. For God is not righteous to forget your labor. See, so all these promises, they, they go with the labors. So there's a labor aspect of your work with God. Engage it from your heart fully. Serving the Lord. He says that, uh, Romans chapter 12. Be fervent in spirit. Serving the Lord. Be fervent in spirit. Verse 11 and 12. Be fervent in spirit. Serving the Lord. Fervent in spirit. Serving the Lord. Not being lazy, but fervent in spirit. Don't do it lackadaisically. Don't do it nonchalantly. Don't do it like you are doing somebody a favor. Do it like you are helping your destiny. Even though men may not clap for you, your destiny is clapping for you. Hallelujah. Do it faithfully. Serve the Lord. David told his son Solomon that the scripture we just read, 1 Chronicles chapter 28, verse 9. Say, as for you, my son Solomon, serve him, you know the God, no, no doubt the God of your father. Serve him with a perfect heart. Wow. Serve him and then seek him. So serve the Lord. Someone say, serve the Lord. How do you serve the Lord? It's not by giving him some drink to be drinking. He doesn't need it. It's not by saying that, oh God, this one is for you. No, he doesn't need it. You serve the Lord by doing his work. Doing his work. So you serve him, do his work. Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Don't do it alone. Get your husband involved. Get your wife involved. Don't stand in the way of your husband when he's serving. Don't stand in the way of your wife. Really. Don't stand in the way of your daughter when she's serving. Don't stand in the way of your son when they are serving. Because what you are bringing on yourself, you are not ready to pay for it. Yeah. Save! He said, can you imagine the greatest king who ever lived? Told his son. That was his secret for his greatness. Solomon. Solomon is no one king ever surpasses before or after Solomon. The secret his father said, serve the Lord. Serve the Lord. Give it to your children. Raise them to have this heart. See, the way you complain about church, your children, are not, that's why they are not interested in church. You have poisoned their potential to serve fully because of your reckless comments. So serve the Lord. Colossians 1, 7. Talking about Epaphras. Servant of the house of God. And Phoebe, Romans chapter 16, verse 1. Uh, Dickness, which is a servant of the church at St. Korea. There are people who serve the church and they are always recommend, commended. They are commended and recommended for help. Heaven will always recommend you for marriage. Heaven will always recommend you for promotion. Yeah. Serve the Lord. Tell someone, let's serve the Lord. Yeah. Tell somebody it's a great thing to serve the Lord. Last, quick, quickly, last two, last two. So number one is what? See. Number two? See. Number three? See. Number four, step. Step out. You can't do it for God if you don't take a bold step. Don't wait for tomorrow. Now is the time. Procrastination is the thief of time. I will do it. I will do it. You know, <laughs> what Pastor said is very true. You know, I used to be in the choir. It's okay. Now, be in the choir. 
Humble yourself. Most of us, the reason why we can't serve is the problem of pride. Oh, yeah. I heard a man of God, I think I was telling you, I heard a man of God preach recently. He made a statement that if you see someone operating in a certain grace, which you want, there's no clearer sign of pride than to go fasting and praying for that kind of grace. When you see someone operating, connect yourself to the person. If you have to say, humble yourself and, and honor the person, celebrate the grace they carry, you catch it faster than going to fast and pray that God will also do it for you. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a very major pride and most of the time it doesn't happen. So, this year, this year, step out in faith. Start the course again. I know you were expelled, but start again. Register again. Last one. So number one is what? Number two, Sin. number three, Sin. number four, Sin. and then number five. Stay! See, First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. Be steadfast and unmovable. Always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing this, that your labor in the Lord is not. These are the things God rewards. You force God to get involved with your healthy situation, with your marital situation. Force God. By the, your consistency, he sees you. Jesus told the parable, a woman who will not stop bothering this child by her tenacity, consistency. Luke chapter 18, it's not part of my text, so let's, I don't want to go to her. Consistency. Anytime you see God blessing somebody in a unique way, check, they have a track record of consistency. Never forget this. Anytime you tweet it, anytime you see God blessing somebody in a unique way, check, there's something they've been doing consistently, either honoring, or either praying, or either fasting, or either giving, either serving. There's some, some level of, when I look at people like Bishop Oedipo, there are things he's been doing. When you listen to him, it looks like he doesn't change you. They, for many years, consistently, basic things, it's not the big, deep things that change your story. It's your consistency on the basic things. Look at the nature of your, consistent. Your heart is so consistent. So consistent. The older you are growing, then it's becoming. So that's why we all need gym and things like that. But since you were born, even before you were born, they, they check your heartbeat in your mother's womb, and it's consistent. The heart has been reliable since the day you were born. Consistent. Any, see, the secret of greatness in life is doing the right thing consistently. Don't program your life based on events. Madam, get consistent. That's the secret. Get consistent. Get consistent. Because some of you, we are, we are used to your inconsistency. We know you are around, but two weeks later, we'll see you. That's why we're consistent. <laughs> Write the scriptures down and end. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 27. Philippians chapter 4, verse 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13. 1 Corinthians 16, 13 said, Quit ye as men. Stand firm. Philippians chapter 1, verse 27. And uh, Philippians 4, very important. Watch ye, stand fast. Philippians 4, 1. It also says, stand firm. Stand firm. Stand firm. Watch ye. Philippians says, that, therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved, and longed for my joy and crown, stand fast in the Lord. Listen. If it's going to be what God has said, there's a role we have to play. That's why I said that don't be sluggish. But standing firm means that it requires some patience. Keep doing the right thing. 
keep doing the right thing. The Bible says, don't be weary in well-doing, for in due season you will reap if you faint not. Galatians chapter 6. Keep doing the right thing and stay at it. That's what patience means. Stay at the word of God. You are doing this because God said it. Stay at it. It doesn't matter how long it takes. Stay at it. Stay at it because you have the last laugh. I'm telling you. You have all this abracadabra kind of Christianity. Someone is praying and everything changed. Like a magic wand, touch your head. Everything changed. Listen, it's not realistic. It's not really that the fact that you pray so much today, you're sweating, and then suddenly everything, all your debt gets paid. No. If you want to come out of debt, start paying it consistently, gradually. Just stay consistent. So what is not consistent in your life? Start looking at some good things. Must be consistent. Some of us, our family life, you are not consistent. Look at your attitude towards your sisters. There's no one person you get on with, your family members. Look at your contention between you and even sometimes when you disagree with your church members and your church leaders and your pastor. Look at the contention between you and your, your, your friend. Almost all the friends, your school friends, you don't have them as friends again. And there's something consistent because you never let go. I will never, never let go. I will never let, it's been cool. Now flip it over. Get what the wisdom of God's word is teaching and stay consistent. Sometimes it might not be easy, but with time, by the help of the Holy Spirit, by the help of the Holy Spirit, this year is going to be a good year for you. I said this year is going to be a good year for somebody. This year is going to be a fantastic year for somebody. So see, seek, serve. Let's look at it again. Seek, seek, serve, step up, and stay. One more time. Seek, seek, serve, step up, and stay. Then you will see the promise fulfilled in your life. Did you receive something? Come on, give Jesus praise. Thank you for listening to this message by David Entry. We pray you have been strengthened and enlightened. You can connect to David Entry on all relevant social media platforms, including Instagram and LinkedIn. You can also hear many more messages from David Entry on all relevant streaming platforms and the Carriage Church app. Don't forget to like and share the message. Be blessed.